Rain Studio of Design is an architectural firm based out of Chennai, India, that believes in the transcending power of design and its ability to elevate human experiences. The studio has completed many unique projects across the many scope and many scale, and they always take each project as an opportunity to explore new possibilities in the design process. Today, we are joined by Shriram Aditya, the principal architect at Rain Studio of Design, and we will be conversing about balancing traditional and technological approach to sustainable design. So thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, um, I, I am Sriram Aditya, founder and partner of Rain Studio of Design. Uh, in Tamil Nadu, it's in the southern part of India. Uh, I graduated from architectural school in 2012. Uh, post that, I went back to my native place. Uh, I was working under an architect for the next three years. So uh, I always wanted to have my own architectural practice. Uh, so in 2016, I started a small studio, just one or two people. And back then, we, have, we were working with a couple of smaller projects. Um, now we are in 2023, we are a team of uh, 10 to 12 architects and engineers. Alongside my partner, Vamsi Krishna, who holds a degree in uh, master's degree in product design from Thomas Academy Milan uh, and Balashanbukam, we three work on our diverse and very explorative architectural projects almost all across India. That's amazing. I'm curious, what inspired your design approach? Uh, so uh, I, I grew up as an artist with a very curious mind. Um, so ever since my childhood, I had a very lasting admiration uh, towards everything around me. And uh, I used to spend most of the time in deep thoughts. So, so my rudimentary approach to architecture was based on my fundamental character, curiosity. So I have always been very excited about everything related to architecture. So, so this led us, in a way, uh, kind of uh, not to limit ourselves to a specific style. Instead, we, we embrace a wide spectrum of architectural uh, approaches, whether it be vernacular, parametric, organic, minimalism, or more. So when we see a flag for a particular project, we just close our eyes and just dive in. That's cool. So what is sustainability to you and how does it shape and influence uh, your design style? Um, so uh, sustainability, if you ask me, it's like, it's very straightforward for me. Uh, it's just not about designing for the present. It's about the future. So each and you have to be conscious that each and every action you take have has an impact on the future. And uh, and I strongly believe uh, who you are as a person is what you practice as an architect. I personally grew up in a very suburban and rural neighborhood and uh, had a very uh, close relationship with nature. And and this affinity towards nature uh is what is what i want my users to experience in the spaces i create and uh, along with that my conviction to push boundaries uh is what primarily you know influence my design mm, cool so how does it translate to how does it translate to your projects so it's it's it kind of depends on the project so so basically uh as i told you it's uh who, who I am is what, how it's reflected in my project. So, uh, so when it comes to practice, uh, sustainable architecture, it's, it's not really a choice for us. I mean, it, it comes out subconsciously. It's like a subconscious reaction. 
and uh, along with our ideas and conviction to being futuristic in our thoughts uh, stepping out of your comfort zone that's so that's how we always work and uh, and sometimes or even most times the the path to uh, sustainable design or the way how you wanted it to be is, is might be long and hard and we just have to believe in the process not just the end product uh, open up open to a lot of trial and errors uh, and it's it's also a responsibility as architects to to educate the clients about uh, its relevance and importance i agree um, so in what ways do you balance traditional and vernacular approach along with uh, technology and innovation in the design processes again um it, it would be better if I could explain this with a project, which I'll do in the coming slides. Uh, so uh, simple, we, we draw the inspiration from traditional architecture. That's the starting point. That's the cue uh, that gives the spark. And then we, we apply tools from the technology we have and come up with a space that has a relevance both in the present and it can hold a relevance in the future also. That's how we do it. Okay. Yeah, so um, do you want to share with us about uh, some of your projects? If you wanted to share the Karai yeah. and what Madras had So uh, the first project that I'm going to be presenting, it's called it's called Karai. Uh, in our native, native language, Karai means seashore. Uh, because we, we literally wanted to, we named it Karai because we literally wanted to capture the essence of the shore and celebrate the sea. Uh, so we had previously worked on a project for this client in 2018 uh, on his residence. He came back to us for the second project, uh, a weekend home, which he would be sharing with three of his friends. So it's a simple G plus one structure to accommodate four families on a weekend. So essentially four bedrooms, a bath and a kitchenette. Uh, very, very simple. Uh, the site is located in Kuwato. Uh, it's from it's 80 kilometers from the main city of Chennai. And uh, it's located in a very rural setting. Uh, the neighboring lands are pretty much uninhabited, uh, and it's it's almost like three fifty meters from the sea. Um, and if you see the image, the the topography between the site and the sea is pretty much flat. So we wanted to capitalize on the view also. Mm -hmm. So the site is is like uh, the size of the site is one twenty feet by one eighty feet. That's close to twenty one thousand six hundred square feet almost half an acre and you enter the site from the north northern side uh, so we wanted the house uh, to be hidden within a dense lush green landscape so the the entire context was pretty much barren and uh, we want to create this nice contrast when you enter the site uh, so we placed the house within the southwest corner of the property like uh, it, it will look like it's hidden within a landscape and also a swimming pool is placed in the northeast corner. So this is about the zoning. So the client, uh, he wanted a very simple Nalukete house. So Nalukete is a, it's a traditional house typology, which literally translates to a house with four blocks. Uh, the planning process itself started from inside out. So we, we placed the courtyard in the middle of 16 feet by 32 feet. And the rest of the house was actually planned based on the size. So you enter through the northern landscape, uh, which is like dense and lush, and you see glimpses of the house while you walk, and you enter the entrance patio. So as a design objective itself, we wanted to have at least 70% of the house open, open to sunlight, uh, sea breeze, 
uh, essentially capture the aura of the cell. So from the entrance patio, um, you enter the internal corridor and then to the courtyard. So this journey from the landscape to the corridor and the courtyard was very important to us. We wanted to maintain a smooth transition between indoor and outdoor spaces. So the house doesn't look like uh, it's, it's, a, it's a solid block sitting, sitting within a landscape. Uh, rather, fragments of spaces spread among the natural context. So uh, once this entrance and the courtyard is established uh, as a design requirement, we we were asked to place four bedrooms, a bath, and, and the kitchen. Um, so the house, so that it gets a lot of indirect sunlight and it has a wonderful view of the landscape also. So next to that, uh, uh, we placed two other bedrooms on the eastern and the western sides. Uh, and the southeast corner, the kitchen is placed. So uh, so this. This plot, the size of the house is pretty large, so in order uh, to have one single roof on the entire house would make it very massive. So we broke the massing into multiple fragments and introduced some buffers and so that the house looks very intimate. Mm -hmm. So uh, on the western side, we introduced a green pocket and a sit-out space overlooking the garden and a nice water body along uh, the northeastern corner of the property. Um, so, uh, coming to the materiality, uh, the, the weather is extremely humid and tropical, so the materials had to be selected, keeping that in mind. Uh, as a design intent, we wanted the house to be built with a lot of reclaimed materials that in turn reduces the carbon footprint. So, we were looking for a lot of locally available source and uh, we found a lot of these mangrove tiles in abundance. So, mangrove tiles are basically uh, clay roof tiles and uh, so the used predominantly in South India. We found a lot of old discarded tiles in abundance. So we thought why not use them as the primary building materials. Mangrove tiles have a higher density and a low thermal conductivity. So they turned out to be perfect material of choice for this particular context. So the walls were pretty much almost 80% of the walls were constructed using mangrove tiles and we used local soil as a mud mortar uh, to bind them. Uh, we worked with uh, a lot of samples, we tried with uh, different tiles, we tried with the pot tiles and finally this worked out and uh, yeah, so this is how the walls were made and uh, and again, the, the doors and windows, uh, they were also procured from a demolished buildings. Uh, we, we found at least close to 60 to 70 discarded uh, old doors and windows uh, to our surprise when we sanded them, all these were painted when we procured and we got them at a very reasonable price. So when we sanded them, we found these were made with very high quality teakwood doors and some of these doors even had very intricate and uh, amazing inlay pattern, patterns which was hidden by the painting. So even the main door and other things were uh, done using some of the scrap shutters that we found uh, in the in the discarded uh, lot. Yeah, so this is how all these were made. And uh, so one of the ideas, other ideas is that, so we want to reinterpret some of the elements that you find in a very traditional house so to its contemporary form. So uh, that's how we came up with the following ideas. Uh, so the overall project had a very, very warm hue. 
So we wanted to balance it out with a, with a very cooler note. So that's how we came up with this idea for the flooring. So this is a ikat pattern inspired flooring. Ikat is uh, predominant in Southeast Asian countries as a fabric pattern. Uh, we wanted to uh, design a flooring uh, based on this. And we use three natural stones uh, locally produced. Uh, they are called Kota, Dolpur, uh, stones and uh, we arranged them in patterns, uh, made a terrazzo that looked like this, that kind of balance out uh, the entire you know, hue of the house. So these are the some of the images, final images. And uh, the other thing uh, is uh, we, we wanted to bring in some of the elements, as I told you. So this is one such element. This is a traditional lamp. Uh, used in South Indian uh, houses. Uh, it's called a Kutu uh, So we went to a southern state uh, that's, you know, that predominantly has a lot of brass artisans who work with these. Uh, we found an artisan, uh, reconfigured the lamp and, uh, you know, brought it to the future. We, we, introduced, we, we made it like a, you know, you know contemporary lamp using that. Yes, so this is the fine light fixture. And uh, next one is, uh, yeah, so these are called velakamadams in traditional courtyard houses. So they usually used to have some oil lamps. So, so we brought them in uh, again in this project. So uh, they, they subtly lit the corridors during nights and they look really beautiful at nights. They are amazing. And even the columns, they are reinterpretation of columns that you see in traditional houses. Yeah, uh, so this is the second one is, uh, so when you work at the site, uh, sometimes the site inspires you to come up with a lot of new ideas, interesting ideas. So this is one such example. Uh, so when we were working at the site, the, the sun was really intense. Uh, most of the times we'd be running away from it, uh, we'd be finding places to uh, rest, shade and all. So uh, we thought, why not convert this harsh sunlight into something more of an admirable beauty? That's how we came up with this idea. Uh, we introduced glass strips onto the concrete roof before putting the concrete, and uh, yeah, and then casted them. So this is the final output. So, so this is from a swing. Uh, so that's in the southeast side of the corridor. Uh, so when you're sitting in the swing, swaying, this happens during summertime when the sun is right above. The, the harsh sunlight is broken down into something more of an admirable beauty, like sprinkles of water. Yeah, and uh, yeah, again, one such item is this, a water spout. Uh, we wanted to create a nice narrative uh, of, of the house filling the water body by itself. So we placed a little, this is called a brass kudam, which was used in uh, traditional households uh, as a vessel. So, place it as a water spout to create a nice narrative and even the vegetation that you see here it was totally absent it was a barren land uh, so we, we wanted uh, the property to have a contrast uh, with the context so we, we planted a lot of trees uh, you know we planted a lot of vegetation uh, so that the house looks uh, very uh, you know very full of life yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, but yeah, most of these spaces uh, evolved into spaces of their own uh, with programs that we didn't even intend to be. 
uh, just one second, I missed out one thing. I'll just continue that. I missed about, was talking about the swimming pool. Can I say it now or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, the, even the swimming pool was designed uh, to have an earthy vibe. Uh, we wanted the pool to look like a rural pond, uh, unlike a proper, properly finished pool. So we used black tiles instead of blue, and uh, we used a traditional boat on a raised platform within the pool. So it looks like it's floating. So we want to create an effect of a rural setting within the house. So even the furnitures they were all bought from an auction house. Uh, they were all repurposed. As I told you, almost eighty percent of the houses designed are uh, constructed using reclaimed materials. So uh, I'll be moving on to the next project. Uh, so this is a this is a project that's that's totally in contrast with the one that uh, I previously presented. Uh, so this is a project that's under construction. This is coming up in Indian Institute of Technology campus. It's one of the largest educational campus in Southern India, spread across 2.5 uh, square kilometers. It's known for its abundant uh, natural vegetation, wildlife, etc. So, so this is a concrete 3D printed project. Uh, so it's being built by Vasta, a construction 3D printing company based out of Chennai, Southern India. So they are determined to provide sustainable buildings using their printing technology. So we've been working on this design for more than a year now. Um, so a little bit about the design process itself. So when we design a project, it usually doesn't originate from a single idea. We wait for a convergence to occur between multiple thought processes. And uh, only when we are comfortable with the convergence, we pursue that idea. That's that's how we work. And uh, here are some of the objectives that we that we had before starting out the project. So the first one was this: this should this project should push the limits of 3D printing. So uh, currently, 3D printing is at a very nascent stage, and we want to see how far it can go, how far we can. Uh, push the limits. So that was the initial objective. And uh, concrete is generally perceived as a very, very rigid material. And in this design, uh, I want to challenge this perception and make it look look like a fabric. Like each fold has like a cost and And uh, as I told you, the IAT campus uh, it, it's known for its natural vegetation. Uh, it, it has it is full of life. It, there is a lot of natural. Uh, you know, uh, setting. So uh, the design has to look very harmonious. It doesn't look very alienated in the site. It has to look like it's sprung from the ground. So that was another idea. And the design also has a very futuristic feel to it. So uh, to provide an interesting contrast, we we thought let's let's balance it or let's contrast it with traditional elements to the overall aesthetic. So a blend of futuristic building with the traditional character is what we did here. Uh, uh, also, we wanted the project not only be futuristic in construction, but also be like a next-gen building that incorporates a lot of sustainable technologies and uh, try to bring it close to net zero. So these were the ideas that were put into this project. Uh, so this is a very, I mean, we've been working on the design for a long time, so I'll, I'll make it short. Just just discuss uh, you know, important points alone. So this is a guest house for delegates 
So this is the campus. So it's a four-bedroom suite and a foyer. Uh, very simple and straightforward. There are two bedroom suites on the ground floor, uh, double height foyer. The site is surrounded with 10 trees. So we opened up the foyer roof and gave skylights. And uh, so, uh, and on the first floor, there are again two more suites. So uh, we designed this intricate traditional door. Door picture. Yeah. Uh, so we designed this intricate traditional door uh, that's that's emblematic of Indian architecture uh, and adorned with a bold color. Uh, as a user enters the building, which is very futuristic, and encounters the door, uh, a sort of connection is established here between between the past and future. So, uh, so he realizes that uh, this future belongs to them. It's not someone else. So that's why we wanted to incorporate these kind of elements into the project so that it doesn't look very alienated. It's part of the context. Uh, likewise, in tried merging a lot of traditional values and materials, elements, uh, spatial aspects within the building. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I'm going to explain with an example. So this is where I want to explain how we use traditional methods uh, along with uh, technology in our design process. So from the lessons we learned from Karai, doing Karai, uh, which was very traditional vernacular. And again, uh, we tried incorporating some of the ideas onto this project. For example, uh, let's say in a, in a vernacular architecture, we have a courtyard. So the courtyard is generally used as a gathering space, family gathering space. And they were also a source of airflow and thermal comfort of the residents. That was the primary intent. So here we have an area within the suite where we want to open up. Uh, to do this, what we did was we we had a so the 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 queue and the idea was from the vernacular architecture. So we wanted to do that. We want to reconcrete, uh, uh, you know, uh, incorporate that into our design. Uh, so what we did was we had to do a radiation analysis on the building, uh, found uh, the best possible way to orient the building so that it has a lesser thermal impact. And uh, even the walls were designed in such a way. So it, we kind of uh, created a two-layered wall system so that the building will have lesser solar impedance. So lesser solar impedance meaning, I mean, higher uh, comfort within the building. So it will have uh, lesser uh, load, air conditioning load on the building. So also we had to do a microclimatic analysis, a CFT analysis to carefully design the openings. Each openings were carefully designed so that you have the perfect airflow within the building. So these tools help us to create something that's that's more uh, sustainable and uh, that performs better as a building. Also, we are exploring options of uh, passive cooling. Uh, these printed walls themselves uh, are designed in such a way they have a very low thermal connectivity. Uh, we are even trying to collect data from the house uh, to perform a building performance, I mean, to perform a analysis, building performance analysis, life cycle analysis, etc. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so yeah, these are some of the analysis we work with, and uh, I'll just briefly explain uh, what it takes. To design a 3D printed project and how it's different from a conventional building. 
So in a conventional project, uh, the client requirements and the structural design are typically the main factors that influence the design. But uh, however, in this project, there are several additional parameters that we had to learn and consider uh, the input from structural engineering team, the machinery team, fitting design team, building coding team, construction team. So all of their inputs will essentially impact the design. So we had to closely work, uh, work with all of them and work on a detailed sequence of work so that we don't end up doing the same work a hundred times. Yeah, personally, I would say this technology is, is uh, has a lot of potential benefits in the future. Uh, and uh, it will definitely approach the way we design buildings also uh, in the future. Yeah. So yeah, that's it about the project. We uh, like to show, show some of the construction photos. Uh, the, Site is under construction. We have started printing the, the things, uh, blocks. Uh, these will be taken to the site, arranged, and uh, finally, yeah, this will have a. Just one second, I have to pause. Uh, so, uh, what we are doing here is that we are using two uh, types of uh, assembly methods. One, uh, the, the panels will be printed off site and they'll be taken to the site and assembled. Uh, uh, mostly, we are trying to complete the printing process in about two months, and assembly will take another one or two months. And uh, there is one block which we are trying to print on site itself. So, this is how it works generally. So, these are some of the you know, uh, printing images. So, yeah, that's, that's the conclusion of this project. Wow, can't wait to see it completed. So, thank you. Yeah, so I really like how from the two projects you shared, it's not only really placing local and traditional elements in the architecture, but also, you know, using it in the process, like you said before, like you look at the surroundings and answering the problems that it has to then incorporate it in the process of uh, building, so, which I think is a really nice way of building. Right. Cool. So, lastly, um, in your opinion, what will be the biggest challenge in design that nurtures humans and the environment in the future context? Okay. Um, see, the, the future is presenting with a lot of newer challenges and problems. Uh, I would say the biggest and most significant one is people's ability to adapt and grow. Uh, and and be also in sync with the nature that that will be the biggest challenge now mm, yeah <laughs> cool so cool. thank you so much for sharing today um we really learned a lot about the processes behind it you know like the using of data and technology also in making uh, sure that the building doesn't need a lot of extra energy to run and also keeping in mind of the culture and the traditions it's from yeah, really admire your work and keep doing great work. Thank you. Thank you.